Although the characters we discuss are fictional, the challenges people face every day are not. The information we provide in this podcast is for entertainment and informational purposes only and should not be used in place of advice from a mental health or medical professional. If you are struggling with mental health issues, please seek professional help. Thanks for listening and welcome to the Jedi Council Podcast, where we explore mental health in your favorite fictional characters. Welcome back to the next episode of the Jedi Council Podcast. This is Brandon Saxton. And Katie Gordon. How are you doing today, Katie? I'm doing well. I'm really excited about today's guest. He's someone that uh, Dr. Ali Matu, who has inspired what we do on our podcast a lot in terms of describing clinical psychology for the public. And he's done such a great job that I am really excited that we actually get to talk to him on our show today. Absolutely. So this is like a nerding out moment for me too. <laughs> I feel like I'm I'm talking to a celebrity. Um, so th- this is exciting. I'm looking forward to it for sure. Uh, should we introduce our guest? Yes. Let's see how he's doing. Hi guys. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> that was a, a pretty flattering uh, introduction. Thank you so much for that. You're welcome. I'm going to tell our listeners who aren't familiar with you a little bit more about you, if you don't mind. Um, Dr. Ali Matu is a licensed clinical psychologist and assistant professor at the Columbia University Irving Medical Center in New York City. He's spent a decade treating anxiety and related disorders and does a really admirable job putting out accurate information about mental health to the public. A major way that that he's done this is through his YouTube channel, The Psych Show. He's also part of the Geek Therapy Podcast Network as a regular co-host on the GT Radio podcast. Ali was recently named a psychology influencer by the American Psychological Association's publication, The Monitor, and he's done so much more, and we'll make sure to link you to his website so that you can find out more about what he's done. Yeah, I didn't know about that uh, influencer thing. That they just like called me and asked me for, oh, could you give us a quote on, on something? But I, I had no idea that was going to be what it was. That was also very flattering and surprising. So I am humbled by your introduction. Thank you so much for that. Oh, absolutely! I can't think of anyone more deserving to be included in that list, and also just anyone, um, kind of you know more admirable kind of in my mind as someone who's developing and working towards being a clinical psychologist the way that you really disseminate information in such an accessible way to the public i think it's absolutely important and it's something that's really important to me so i i really i, I look up to you is what i'm trying Aww. to say so yeah I, I this is exciting for me this is really exciting for me too because it's uh so rare to be able to talk with other people who also have a passion for giving away so much knowledge about psychology and mental health, which you both do um, with every episode of your podcast. So I'm excited to have this conversation. Well, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. That sounds good. Well, maybe we can start off with something a little bit basic then. So could you just tell us and your listeners what led to you pursuing clinical psychology? Oh, that's... That's a great story. So I, I wasn't really a good student growing up. Um, I, I liked, I kind of liked history, and um, I kind of liked science sometimes, but that was about it. Oh, photography too. I was, I was into my photography class, but I wasn't really a good student. I just sort of got by. The thing I was always into as a kid was science fiction. So Star Trek 
specifically, but all sorts of sci-fi, Planet of the Apes. Um, I loved that series, the original, and now the new one too. Uh, but I also liked Sequest DSV. I, I liked Star Wars too. We can debate if that's sci-fi or not. <laughs> um, I, I was into all of that stuff, and so. Uh, when I was applying for colleges my senior year of high school, again, not a good student, I got rejected from every college I, I applied to. And so I went to community college. I was in California. We've got a great community college system out there. And um, I was a slacker, too, so I waited to the last minute to register for classes. And one of the only classes that was left available was introductory psychology. It satisfied a lot of general education requirements. It was a big class, easy to get into, so I got into that. And I, I remember coming late to the first day, sitting in the back of the classroom right by the door, and uh, Professor Wendell Gosling went into all these myths about the brain and about psychology and about behavior. And all of those myths he would then completely debunk. And, like, I believed all those myths. Like, I came into this classroom believing all of those things, and everything I believed was completely wrong. And then I came back to that class, sat a little bit closer, sat closer to the next class. And what I started to realize is psychology was the science that answered all the questions that science fiction raised. You know, what would someone do in this situation or what makes someone good what makes someone evil um how can we improve ourselves how can we find cooperation in a society all those big things that occupied my mind growing up boom here was this field that was dedicated to scientific inquiry and big applications of all of those topics. So for me, it was a no-brainer to just keep taking those classes, eventually majoring in psychology, and um, that led me down to the path of uh, pursuing my yeah, my PhD, and what I did is I was also a really anxious kid growing up. I, was re I had a lot of social anxiety, and in high school I had a great public speaking teacher named uh, Georgiana Hayes. Now, why did I take public speaking? I, I, I thought it was going to be a class where you study famous public speeches. I didn't think <laughs> it was going to be a class where I had to face my fears. Um, but I, I realized that that was exposure therapy um, many years later, and then I wanted to do that. I wanted to help people face their fears. So that's, that's kind of how I got into the field and how I ended up doing the stuff that I do. Thanks for sharing that with us. I One of the things that I think makes the psych show so great to you, I've used videos from the psych show in my class, for example, in the video where you talk about the exposure that you had in that class for social anxiety. And I showed that to my class and they really got what it was all about. And I think they also connected because you included it as a personal story. Right. And and I think that that seems like it makes a difference. I know you've also talked about losing your brother to suicide yeah. and how painful that was how what has that been like you to share these personal stories out there with the world and with people you don't know yeah well it it's been um an interesting journey i think i've i've had a lot of different experiences that have uh built on each other so when i was uh this is probably 2011 i 
Blake, also a geeky psychologist, uh, and Ella Dementi. She does the Arkham Sessions podcast where they talk about the psychology of Batman the Animated Series. Way back when, um, before she did that, uh, she and I were both at a um, OCD clinic together. That's where we met and became friends. I saw her doing a panel at New York Comic Con, and she was doing a panel that was um, it was about Iron Man and um, gosh, it was Iron Man, Batman, and real life superheroes. And she had um, an author, a writer from both of those series and a former New York City firefighter. And they talked about trauma and they talked about real life and fiction and all this sort of stuff. And afterwards I had lunch with her and I was like, how how the heck did you do that? How did you weave all these things together? And she sort of walked me through it and said, "You, you take the pop culture very seriously and you take the psychology very seriously and if you can do both of those things then this is what comes out so she encouraged me to start doing that with star trek and so i started a blog uh com, where i talk about the psychology of science fiction and my very first story there was about um how i discovered psychology and what i found is in written form um, the articles that really resonated with people were the ones where I weave in more of myself and more of the storytelling. And so what started to happen is I started to write more and more personal stories. And when you start doing that, eventually you run you if you're struggling with something or if you're avoiding something, you eventually start writing around it. And I got to a point where I couldn't I couldn't write around the fact that I was really struggling with the loss of my brother. Um, he died by suicide back in 2008, and this was around 2012. Now I'm, I'm writing this blog. So I ended up writing a story. It's called The Parallel Universe Where My Brother Lives. And um, I'm, not, I'm not spoiling the story at all by telling you this because it's, I guess it's my life. I don't, I don't think I can spoil my life. But um, in the very beginning of that story, I talk about how um, I so struggled with this that I hid every reminder of my brother. And the only place I see him was this parallel universe, the parallel universe of my dreams. In my dreams, it seemed like he had never died. He'd always been there. Um, when I wrote that article, it was, and I shared it, um, I sort of wrote it and then I emailed it to like 50 people and I was like, okay, it's out there. It's out there because up up to this point I had hid the fact that I even had a brother. Only few people, the people who knew me as a kid knew what had happened. And, um, the response was overwhelming, like overwhelming in in the best way possible. I heard from so many people who had a similar experience, who had lost a loved one to suicide. I heard from so many people who were struggling with this themselves and were offering um, just thanks and gratitude. Um, all a lot of the shame that I had almost overnight evaporated. Um, and what my experience has been since I've, I've done a lot of different personal storytelling, either on um, on YouTube or here with you all. Um, or on my blog, or at live events. And what I've found is, you know, people can debate psychology, and people can debate um, definitely pop culture. We find that with (laughs) Star Wars and Star Trek and all that stuff. People debate all that stuff. But you can't debate my story about my life. 
And so I, I really like that. I like that I can tell my story and I can um, I can share that with people. And when you share a story, it something I learned from um, storytellers in the moth is when you share a story, you're given a gift to someone else. That gift is either validation or it's empathy about understanding this other part of yourself. And um, the more I've shared it, it's... Um, I've, I've just, I've, I think I've gained so much from it. Um, it's, it's just been an awesome experience to do that. So, um, terrifying at first because I'm always terrified of the reaction of my colleagues and, and psychologists. I, I value their opinions, um, the most, but, um, honestly the response has been, um, really nothing but positive. Well, that's that's an incredible story. Thank you for sharing that with us. And I and I find it very heartening that you received so much support and found it helpful in struggling with such a painful thing as losing your brother. So thank you for sharing that with us again and our listeners. Yeah. One, one thing I will say to listeners who might be hearing this and saying, OK, well, I, I guess I should be doing this myself is um, a, another piece of advice I got, which was you tell stories of your scars, not your wounds. So when you're in the midst of struggling with something or if you if you start thinking about something and it's really hard for you to have control of your emotions if you're still dealing if you're if you're still in that raw place probably not the best time to share the story you're you're dealing with it took me five years until i was at a place where i could start talking about the experience of losing my brother to suicide so it um you know everyone's on their own journey and when you feel like the story you want to share is more of a scar less of a wound then go for it Thank you. That's really good advice. Um, one other thing that we're kind of wondering about, of course, we're we're big fans of your YouTube channel and the, and the Psych Show. I know Katie mentioned that she's used it in her classes, and I, I've used videos of yours in my classes. We've been a fans of you and your content for a very long time. Um, could you tell us a little bit about your goals of making it and kind of any other things that you've learned along the way? I've learned so many things, so many things that I've learned, mostly the hard way by trial and error, emphasis on error. Um, but yeah, th thank you both for uh, being such big supporters of, of my channel. I know you've used it on the podcast as well. Um, mm -hmm. uh, I remember on your suicide or suicide resources, uh, you included one of my videos. So thank you for being such um, um, so helpful. You know, I, I, I really mean this. The opinion of colleagues um, I am terrified of and <laughs> because it's like this um, like we have this whole thing in, in um, science and in psychology peer review. So I'm always terrified of peer review. I'm, I have this constant fear of that. I'm going to be like an imposter. Someone's going to find out that I like don't know what I'm talking about and I'm making all this stuff up and like I'm completely wrong. Um, so to get support from both of you is, is like amazing. It's, it's the best. So thank you for that. Um, makes all, all the difference. Um, I've learned so much. So I, I started doing this to make a long story short. I was sitting with a patient a few years ago and, um, I don't even remember what we were talking about, but they, they're like, Oh, I found this video. It's been really helpful. And can I show it to you? And I said, sure. So she pulled it up on YouTube and I watched that video and I was like, Oh my gosh, this is complete garbage. Like the stuff that this YouTube, this YouTuber is talking about 
is in no way at all accurate. And so that really frustrated me that um, this was like the number one video related to this mental health topic and it was completely inaccurate. So I was talking to my wife about this and she said, why don't you make a video about that? Um, why don't you do something? And at the time, I've, I had done the blog and I also did um, a podcast, um, which I think it's still online, but it's now dead. Um, the Super Fantastic Nerd Hour was the podcast. I think we did about 70 episodes of that. And so I thought, OK, well, how hard can it be uh, to be doing YouTube videos? And I learned it's very hard. Um, and w I've learned so much in that process. Um, I never ended up making that video. <laughs> I never made that video that I like, set out to start this channel with, started making other stuff. But I, I've learned that um, the way you can get your voice heard in YouTube is so different from the way psychologists tend to talk and they tend to communicate. And I can apply that more broadly to anyone who's more of an academic or more of a professional. Um, we tend to have very long introductions. If you ever go to our live events, it's like someone's reading this complete bibliography of everything the author or everything the presenter has done. So it might be five, ten minutes before you actually hear the person talk. Um, we tend to do that a lot when we're talking publicly. We tend to bury the lead. So the most interesting, important, relevant idea, you might not hear it until the end of someone's presentation. Um, whereas in YouTube, uh, there's this idea of lead with awesome, which means you start with the most awesome idea, most interesting question, the visually the most captivating concept um, because people watch YouTube videos for a few seconds before they decide whether or not to they're going to keep watching it. So a lot of stuff like that um, I've learned um, also like just being much more authentic. You have to you have to really lean into your personality, whatever that is. So I'm geeky and kind of goofy and um, I found I have to lean into that. Some other people are very serious and they're very uh, thoughtful. And those people need to lean into that to really get that across. As I've also learned how terrifying it is to look into a blank camera without another human being nearby and to try to be, hum uh, try to be like a human on camera. It's really hard. complete breakdown <laughs> the first time I sat down to record a video. It took me two, three hours to set up my equipment. I didn't know what I was doing. I got everything set up and then the battery died and oh, no. I was like, I started crying. I'm like, what the heck am I doing? I spent all this money buying this stuff. I don't know what what's going to happen. No one's going to watch my videos. And then I started recording and there's no other human there. There's no feedback. And so your responses are so much more, um, they're so much more stiff. And over time, I've learned that you need to 
exaggerate more of yourself to even come across as your normal self on camera. But that was a skill that took a lot of time to to build up. So I've learned so much stuff um, through this process. And I've made videos that I thought were going to be like big hits and then like no one watches them. And then I make videos that I think are like throwaways and they were super easy to put together and I don't think many people are going to watch them and those are the videos that people reach out to me for. So I've also learned you never know. You just keep making stuff and hopefully it, it, it finds the audience. So it's that the, all of those tips are helpful for both for talks and for doing what we do on podcasts and things like that. And it sounds like the consistent theme is perseverance and trial and error to get these things right. Um, one of the, one of the things that you mentioned also is is authenticity, and you mm. certainly embrace your identity as a geek. <laughs> I mean, even in the APA monitor issue, your shirt says "geek" on it, which I loved. I was like, "Yes, that's so exciting!" And I was wondering if that comes out at all when you're doing therapy. Do you oh, use yeah. any of that stuff? Oh, really? How do you use? Oh, that absolutely. Um, I, the thing I like most about doing therapy is trying to understand what the other person, um, the person I'm working with, what they're passionate about, what they're geeky about, what they dream about, what they, not, not in like the Freudian sense, like let's (laughs) uncover your dream, like more like, you know, Oh, I can't wait until, you know, we colonize Mars or something. Um, what what's the stuff that occupies their mind for fun? Um, that's the kind of stuff I love, N- not just with uh, the people I work with professionally, but also like if I'm at a party, I love talking to people about the stuff that they love. I don't know why. It just it's really exciting for me. So one of my goals in um, in therapy is to try and connect the stuff that people love, the stuff that gives their life meaning or purpose or their passions or their their dreams with the work I'm doing. Now, sometimes I do a better job of that than other times. Um, and when it's highly tied to sports, I have a really hard time because <laughs> I'm not that into sports. Uh, and I've got a few few people I'm working with right now who are really into football. And I used to be, but I'm not anymore. And you kind of have to know the players and the teams and stuff like that. But um, there's a lot of people who are into certain things and I can kind of figure them out. And, and I always ask the question, like, um, what is it about that show? Or what is it about the sport that you love so much? What does it mean to you? And questions like that help me just tailor therapy a little bit more to be um, more impactful for that person. There's this great quote that I referenced in one of my YouTube videos. Um, I think the video is about how to communicate effectively. And there's a quote by Neil deGrasse Tyson where he talks about um, we need to bridge new information with old information. And if you think about how our memories work and our memories are sort of grouped together in generalities, if you're trying to teach someone something new, which we're often doing in therapy, the best way to do that is if you also activate um, memories that they have. And if those memories are related to things that they love, then even better. So I try to do that, sometimes more successful than other times. 
That's great. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, I love to hear about that. Um, another thing that we kind of wanted to touch on, in a, a fairly recent GT Radio episode, you were talking about what the Simpsons character Apu meant in your oh, life. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, it's definitely an important episode, and it's one that we definitely recommend for listeners. We're going to link to it in the show notes if you're interested. But one of the things that you talk about that, along with some of the other co-hosts, is seeing a need for more representation in media. And what you did was encourage people and typically underrepresented groups to try to tell their own stories. So, right. Osorni, could you tell our listeners more about that? Yeah. Well, the the thing about Apu, to, to kind of summarize that episode for folks who haven't listened to it, is I grew up um, with Apu as one of the only characters on tv who looked like me Mm -hmm. um and if folks haven't seen me i'm uh, a south asian brown guy my parents are immigrants from pakistan um and i was i sort of grew up in uh, born and raised in california so that's that's me and there weren't many people who looked like me on tv there was apu and then there was what I thought was a character in the movie Short Circuit 1 and 2, and then very recently I learned that that was actually a white actor in brownface who played oh, wow. the role. I know! I know. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> that was really a, a weird day when I found that out. Yeah. Um, so what's really weird about that is, so people people made fun of me. They, they would uh, call me Apu, or they would... Um, asked me to do the Indian accent uh, that Apu does, which is not even an actual Indian accent. It's Hank Azaria, this white guy's made-up, exaggerated Indian accent. And so I would do that to get attention because if I do that accent, people would laugh with me instead of laugh at me. And um, the the world is, is much more different now. There's a lot more... Um, there are more actors and actresses of South Asian um, ancestry who are creating content and not just creating content that um, reflects their ethnic heritage, but also just reflects just being another American growing up in America. And this is just one part of your identity, which um, is very similar to my experience. So what I think it's so important is for people, um, especially those of us who are in the mental health world, especially those of us who are in um, any profession where you do have um, um, specific knowledge that a lot of other people don't or professions where there there isn't a lot of diversity to just get involved in storytelling, whether that's um, online, in a blog, in person, um, on YouTube, through a podcast like here. Uh, I think it's such an important skill set. And again, no one can deny your story or your experience. Um, so I think it's it's an incredible way we have to build empathy, to build understanding, and to get more stories out there too. Because we need, we need more stories about more people's experiences. Definitely. Yeah, I, I think that's great. I hope to hear more stories for more people. I think that you're, the way that you've described the process has made it less intimidating because looking at your finished products of your videos and how you write, it's it's all just very well done. So to hear that you were 
the first time you're making your YouTube video that there were some struggles that kind of, I think, for people who are anxious about it, gives them the sense at least that yeah. we could maybe do those things too. So that's, that's really <laughs> helpful to hear and not act like, oh, at all, the first time it was perfect. <laughs> oh my gosh. No. Yeah. You know, one of my favorite things to do on YouTube is uh, if you f- uh, go find your favorite uh, few YouTube channels and then click on videos, the video tab. And then um, in the upper right, there's a button you can do and you can sort by date and you can sort by oldest. If you go to some of your favorite channels and you look at their oldest videos, you're like, oh my gosh, like <laughs> what is this? Like if you go to um, uh, Vsauce, Vsauce is a, there's Vsauce 1, 2, and 3. Um, they they talk a lot about science and technology and Vsauce 1 talks a lot about psychology and mental health. If you look at their old videos, you're like, what are they doing? <laughs> uh, this doesn't look at all like what they do now and a lot of youtube channels are like that it's one of my favorite things because people keep their old stuff up there and it it gives you a chance to see their evolution and to see that everyone grows in this media um or in this medium and um i've kept up my old videos too there's there's some videos there's one video where i left my medication on my desk and you can see it in the video and i was like so embarrassed by that um but i kept it up there i was like well you know it's like i wanted to be up there to show people that like it's okay you make mistakes <laughs> and so it's it's up there um there's if we could go back i i would give you the whole I could talk about the, my first 10 videos and all the mistakes I made, all the stuff I hated. There's one video I recorded and I didn't find out until uh, the next day that um, I, tur- I didn't turn off um, autofocus. So the whole oh, no. video was completely blurry. Um, <laughs> and I was so, so angry. Um, and then I had to shoot it again. I've, I've got so many stories like that. Um, so actually the video, um, the next video I'm about to publish, it's going to come out um, uh, later this week, is about um, top 10 bipolar disorder myths. And it was the first time I was filming with two cameras. And um, one of the cameras was set at a higher shutter speed than the other one. And so the one with the lower shutter speed, it captured some of the refresh of the lights, um, of the the lighting I was using. So you see this like... If you look for it, there's this little wave that you see in the background of that of those shots. And I tested it with a few people, and they're like, oh, I can't tell, so I'm putting it out there. But it, I hate the fact that th- that's there. Um, but, you know, you do your best. You put it out. You learn from that experience. Now I know when I'm shooting with those kind of lights what to do, and, and then you keep moving forward. Well, that's definitely been our experience with podcasting, so yeah. listeners, <laughs> keep that in mind, at least for our first 10 to 20 episodes. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, that video sounds fascinating. We thought that maybe we'd conclude with just ask, asking you what some of the future directions of your work are. Oh, that's a really, that's a really good question. Um, you know, what? M- my passion here is to try to find ways to give psychology away. Um, I, I hate the fact that I didn't know anything about psychology until I took that introductory psychology class. And I wonder what would have happened if I didn't take that class. You get exposed to biology early on in elementary school. You make a paper mache cell. A lot of those foundational ideas about 
uh, biology, about physics, about math, um, you get exposed to very early on. But what about the brain? What about behavior? What about thoughts? Um, it's so hard to get that information. And yet, psychology is all around. Like, that's, it's, it's this weird conflict in my head that psychological science is so hard to access but applications of psychology are all around and people talk about psychology or psychological stuff all the time and yet the field is so hard to access so i I hate that what i really want to do is find ways to break that down to give the information away um to make it fun and useful and applicable to people's lives so what's next well um what I've found over the last, I don't know how long I've been doing this, what, 2012, it's 2018, so that means like six years, oh my gosh, six years, whoa. Um, <laughs> over the six years of trying to give psychology away, um, I, I've been experimenting with different mediums, and so uh, it went from blogging to podcast to YouTube, and so that's what I'm looking at, what's next, Um on the YouTube front, it's about trying to create more content that is easy to create. Um, I used to do longer, more complicated videos, and then I had a baby, and now that's really hard to do, um, especially on top of the day job. So I'm trying to make content that's just, um, it has the greatest impact with the most um easy commitment on my end so i'm trying to figure out that balance um all that being said the video i'm releasing this week was not one of those it (laughs) it took so much time to edit so i'm trying to figure that out um i've been working on a book too that's been a big project of mine for the last two to three years and um i have no idea if and when that will come out, but that's been a big thing I want to do is create something that's that's one one thing you can easily get that combines a lot of the stuff that I talk about in a more comprehensive way, something that um, uh, without spoiling it because I really can't spoil it because it's it's not. For- not done yet, not nearly close to done, but it's the kind of book I wish was there for me when I was um, a teenager kind of dealing with a lot of stuff. So I'm working on that. And um, the other thing I can't talk about, but I'm really excited about, <laughs> um, There's I've, I've got a cool video project that's coming out in January that um, is going to go a little bit behind the scenes of um, therapy and what I do in my day job. So that'll be out in January and I'm really excited about that. Um, so that's something I'm working on now and it'll be, it'll be out, uh, just a few months. Well, that's so exciting. I I know, I think I speak for both of us and probably many others when we say we're looking forward to continuing to consume your content and see uh, (laughs) what's on the horizon for sure. So, um, where, uh, where can our listeners find more about your current work? Yeah, I think the two best places on, um, if you use Twitter, I'm on Twitter, at Alimatu. I'm also on Instagram. I use that a little bit less often, but I'm also there, at Alimatu, as well. And uh, The Psych Show, you can get to that on YouTube. If you just uh, go to youtube.com slash The Psych Show, that'll get you there. 
Um, it's also on on Facebook as well. Uh, if you just type in the Psych Show, that'll pop up, and those are most of the places. But actually, for um, for listeners of Jedi Council, you might be really interested in um, my blog post for Brain Knows Better. So if you go to brainknowsbetter.com, I write a lot about uh, psychology and science fiction, although I haven't written a lot about it recently. But I've got some posts um, that um, are still some of my favorite things that I've written. They're all They're all up there. So that might be a cool place for people to check out. Well, great. Thank you so much for taking time to talk with us today. This has been a really, really great, and I'm sure our listeners will be excited to hear this too. So thank you so much for making time for it. Oh, thanks for having me. It's um, so great to talk to you both and also to be on another uh, Geek Therapy podcast. Uh, that's that's pretty awesome to have a little bit of cross-pollination there as oh, well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, that sounds good. Well, thanks so much for being with us, Ali, and thanks everyone for listening in, and we'll be back again next week. Thank you for listening to the Jedi Council Podcast, a member of the Geek Therapy Podcast Network. You can find more information about our podcast or blog at www.jedi-council.com. If you would like to support the Jedi Council Podcast, please check out our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash Council. The views expressed on this podcast are our own and do not necessarily reflect the views of our employers. Additionally, this podcast is for entertainment and informational purposes only and should not be used in place of advice from a mental health or medical professional. If you're struggling with mental health issues, please seek professional help.